everyone, this is Kina, and this episode is going to be about inner child healing and reparenting yourself. So I wanted to make an episode about this because I feel like it's one of those things that people talk about a lot, um, and that's kind of become a little bit more like frequently discussed in the mental health realm, but... Um, I realized that I've never made like an in-depth video just about it, although I would say that like a lot of my videos are kind of ultimately related to inner child healing because it's kind of an umbrella term, but I just wanted to like make a video just kind of breaking down like what that means and what that looks like and what my thoughts and experiences with that are. So, um, yeah, like inner child healing and reparenting yourself, I think are, are often used like relatively interchangeably. I definitely use them, um, kind of collaboratively with each other. So, like, to start off with what that means, because I think probably, like, a lot of people, when I first heard that phrase, I thought it sounded a little bit um, vague and, like, woo-woo or whatever, but um, I think it means something very concrete, which is to give yourself the things that you did not receive as a child, and as I've learned more, I've learned that this is also like one of the first steps in earning secure attachment. Like if attachment is something that you're working on, if you have insecure attachment patterns, um, reparenting yourself and doing inner child healing is how you create a secure attachment with yourself, which is uh, one of the steps towards creating secure, secure attachment. I think I, I talked about that in, a, in another video, but um, as you're learning to be secure with other people, you also need to create security within yourself and it's security for your inner child that they didn't have, right? Because if you have an insecure attachment style, um, it's fair to assume that you experienced some sort of attachment trauma or that you didn't get the like security and consistency and love and protection that you needed throughout your childhood. So um, inner child healing and reparenting, I think of as a really fundamental step towards uh, secure attachment with yourself and with other people. And I think as most of you know by now, I think of secure attachment as like the foundation for so much mental health, um, so many mental health changes, I, I guess I should say. So yeah, um, reparenting yourself is giving yourself the things that you didn't get as a child and trying to create a relationship with yourself where you feel secure and you can trust yourself. Um, and I think different people kind of prefer to think about it different ways. I like to use the visualization of there being a dialogue between your inner child and your healthy adult self because through recovery you're developing this like healthy adult self who has these different skills, can set boundaries, like knows what is okay and what's not okay, has emotional regulation tools, right? But um, like, you know, our inner children are just always a part of us and if you have trauma there's probably like a scared or hurt inner child that's a part of you. And instead of trying to get rid of that part, I think it's a lot more helpful to like embrace that part and create a dialogue between that part and like a more healthy, stable adult part that you develop over time through CPTSD recovery. And so for me, that visualization of like an internal dialogue between a more like vulnerable and childlike part of yourself and a more wise and healthy part of yourself um, is, is really like valuable because I think that's pretty accurate to kind of how it's felt for me working on those things and kind of what I've seen other people go through in their processes as I've worked with them. So I think what reparenting and inner child healing begins with is a decision and a commitment to give yourself and give the traumatized and hurt and um, young parts of you the things that you were missing 
in childhood and that can look so many different ways and mean so many different things but I'll just go through some of the kind of main attachment needs and kind of um, what that looks like in adulthood because I think one recommendation I always make to everyone is like educate yourself about attachment because the more that you understand about what attachment needs are the more you'll understand what you were missing in your childhood um, what led to you know or contributed to your CPTSD and it'll kind of give you a outline more for um, what you can do for yourself to start repairing and and what your uh, inner child like needs to start feeling safe and I think this also plays um, really well into like polyvagal theory and nervous system regulation and all of the somatic stuff that I've talked about because in my experience this kind of uh, reparenting creates so much somatic regulation um, along with it and I think somatic practices are also very important but if you think about it you know if you're safe now and your life is okay now but you're still hyper vigilant and you're still kind of in survival mode and dissociating and um, like activated a lot of the time it you know it speaks to an inner child that's still like on high alert and hasn't learned that they're safe yet and I think like interestingly one of the reasons that maybe that feeling of not being safe continues and this is such a classic CPTSD symptom right is like the threat feels present long after the threat has passed like you don't feel like it's passed and you feel scared even when nothing's happening or you feel like that sense of impending doom and I think a lot of that is our inner child like looking out for the next kind of bad thing to happen um, because that's what they're used to and so I think um, you know polyvagal theory is called the science of safety and I talk about safety a lot in my work and so I think that like polyvagal theory nervous system regulation and kind of somatic healing go really well with this other piece of like reparenting and inner child healing so if you haven't watched my video about the nervous system go check it out I think it's the first video that I posted and um yeah, uh, just I'm excited to talk about this because I think it really like enhances some of the other pieces that I've touched on here. So what are the main attachment needs that people often miss in childhood or what are the um, attachment wounds that people often have from childhood that can kind of be repaired through reparenting? So, you know, first of all, kids need consistency and they need consistent warmth and acceptance so kids need to know that like no matter how they feel no matter what's going on even if they make a mistake even if they break something they're gonna be loved and accepted and um given the benefit of the doubt right and a lot of people don't experience that and I think an important piece of this is that we re-traumatize ourselves because I think it's well known at this point that whatever your parent whatever your parents dialogue was towards you however your parents spoke to you um, often becomes your inner monologue or your inner dialogue depending on how you look at it so um, you know the the cruel and shaming and like dismissive and minimizing things that we say to ourselves like we often got that from somewhere and like heard that from someone so uh, validation and like acceptance are really big like feeling seen and feeling understood and feeling heard and so you know the first way to really do that is to 
listen to your inner child and like find a connection to them and you might not even really be aware of it because um, if there isn't like an aware connection that's made a lot of the times the like inner child or whatever you want to call it just kind of subconsciously controls reactions like that's what comes out when you're having conflict and you freak out and shut down that's what comes out when you get really scared of abandonment you know that's what comes out is that inner child but you might not be like perceiving it as that it might just feel like an emotional flashback or, or just like you see it in your behavior or like regression of some kind um so um or like you know fawning flight freeze fight um even the four f responses are examples because like i've talked in previous previous videos about how when you're an adult if you have boundaries you have self-protective skills you don't need to use the same um four f self-protective methods that you had to use in childhood but it still happens to so much of us and that's i think a lot of the times like the inner child um, subconsciously controlling the reactions to things based on those kind of like instinctual patterns so yeah I mean I think the first step is to build a relationship build a dialogue and learn how to listen to your inner child which uh, is complicated and can look different ways for different people but one of the big things that Pete Walker talks about that I really emphasize is de-minimization of harm and um, working to fully validate the pain of your experience and this can be like a really challenging step but it's really important um so step one de-minimizing your pain because this is especially prevalent with um like abandonment or neglect but it can also be present with like all other kinds of abuse or childhood trauma um there tends to be a ton of minimizing of the impact. It wasn't that bad. It could have been worse. Someone else had it worse. At least I wasn't hit. At least I wasn't sexually abused. Like, whatever it is, people tell themselves all sorts of things to minimize their own abuse. And a lot of it is things they might have even heard from their parents. Like, well, my parents had it so much worse than me. They did the best they can. At least they put food on the table. At least they yada yada. So, Pete Walker emphasizes in his book... CPTSD or complex trauma from uh, surviving to thriving that before you can start healing the inner child you really just have to listen to their pain and a lot of the time the way the pain is expressed is through emotional flashbacks and triggers so this is why in previous videos I've talked about um, like how triggers can be an opportunity for healing in a certain way and I know like I never want to make people feel like I'm saying like oh you know that time that you feel really horrible like it's a good thing like no it sucks and you know the goal long term is to have those happen less often but what triggers are is their information you know their information about like unhealed trauma and a lot of the times the way that we respond to our triggers ends up being re-traumatizing so what I was saying earlier about like the internal dialogue the internal monologue kind of mimicking our childhood experiences what this leads to is um, CPTSD survivors continually minimizing, denying, and belittling their own pain and the significance of their own experiences. And so this de-minimization is a really important step to kind of actually feel like heard and validated for the first time and to also begin like a grieving process and an emotional reconnection process because when you're minimizing and denying the emotional impact of something, there's like an emotional numbing that occurs there. So when you're trying to kind of reconnect your thoughts and brain and body, um, de-minimization, I think, is an important step for that. So, um, I mean, I think this can look a lot of ways. Like, you could just journal about it. You can do it with a therapist. You can talk about it. You can reflect over it. And you can also use triggers and flashbacks uh, for information. I, I got a lot out of Pete Walker's discussion about how um, flashbacks and triggers can make way for releasing grieving. Where like, you know, for example, let's say you get into a conflict and 
you um, immediately start like fawning. Let's say you're a fawn type and you start fawning and like instead of saying how you feel, you're just trying to make the other person happy and not get abandoned and, and like you notice it's happening and you're doing this inner child healing. Maybe when you step back or when you're alone or whenever you get the chance, um, if you can kind of use this re- these reparenting tools and look at what's going on there, you can de-minimize it and think to yourself like, wow, there was a point in my life where I learned that I had to keep other people around me happy to feel safe and I couldn't say how I really felt. And then you can actually take a little bit to like connect to that, you know, and um this is something that I recommend people do like with support and at their own pace because it can also be triggering and if you have a trauma therapist to support you like that's the best but um to to reconnect and to allow yourself to feel grief and to feel anger and to feel whatever you feel about the fact that you learned that as a child you know and that um it wasn't your fault and that was something that you adapted as a survival survival response And I always repeat the phrase, you know, adult problems began as childhood solutions because I think that key is, uh, or that phrase is key to inner child healing and like self-compassion practices is to understand that like whether it's codependence or it's avoidance or it's anxiety or it's like whatever it is, your um, patterns that you struggle with, you know, they began as a survival tool and a coping tool when you had limited resources and um, limited supports as a kid, right? And you couldn't leave. So that kind of compassion, I think, self-compassion, then often leads to grief of like, man, it fucking sucks that <laughs> like I didn't feel safe. And um, when it happens, when it kind of like occurs, I think naturally through that process, it can lead to really relieving like emotional release. And that's something that I've seen a ton of times when I was working as a therapist with myself and my own healing journey. Um, when you can create a dialogue between an adult self and a child self then that adult self can feel compassion for that child self and instead of still seeing things through the perspective of the child that maybe thinks like it's my fault I did something wrong I'm not enough like I need to be better you can like see it through this adult perspective and um and offer this uh compassion and kind of um allow yourself to feel like the sadness or anger or whatever it is that you weren't able to feel before so um deminimization and kind of confronting denial is a really important step and learning how to tune into your inner child's needs and voice and fears and like for me this is something that you can really do just kind of like as different stuff comes up like when you're feeling anxious if something in a relationship triggers you if like like whenever you're feeling whatever you're feeling throughout the day you can kind of practice just asking yourself like um what is my inner child feeling right now? Or um, what fears or childhood experiences are being brought up for me right now? And just kind of like practice that reconnection. You can also ask yourself questions like, what do I need to feel safe right now? What would be comforting for me right now? Um, and I think the most important thing is that when you're asking yourself these questions, you're using uh, curious, you know, open-minded questions and you're trying your very best to not judge or shame yourself because so many of us without even realizing it are constantly like dismissing the validity of our own emotions and thoughts like I shouldn't feel that way or you know that's um just like doubting ourselves doubting our reality so uh that's why the visualization of like thinking of kind of these two separate piece parts of you is really helpful for me because at least for me as an adult 
I can think about how I would treat a child and that is like a lot easier for me to conceptualize than how I would treat myself so I worked as a preschool teacher I've worked as a babysitter I worked as a therapist with kids I just love kids and um, I think a lot of parents can probably relate to this like when you have kids and your kids get to a certain age that maybe like they're at an age when you experience trauma it helps you realize that you weren't at fault, you know, um, and like how young you were and how how much you deserved good, consistent parenting. So, you know, when I think about how I would treat a child who's upset, um, it's pretty different than, you know, how I would generally like treat myself while I was upset, you know, um, usually with a child. I mean, at least at, at this point, after like learning about attachment and stuff, I understand that. Um, the best thing to do usually isn't really to question the validity of the emotions or to try to find rationality in it. Uh, the, the best thing to do to help a child regulate is to be validating and curious and accepting and then slowly helping them, you know, move back towards regulation and kind of think of solutions. And, you know, never would I, would I look at a kid and be like, why are you crying? You have no reason to cry right now. Um, nothing is even wrong you're crazy you know but that's how I would often like talk to myself when I would be triggered or when I would be distressed or even if it wasn't judgmental and shame-based it would be very like questioning and like uh, dismissive and um, and so yeah for me like trying to really connect with my healthy adult self and then let that version of me talk to that other part of me and offer the same kind of like warmth and compassion that I would try to offer a child has been very helpful for me um just kind of as like a general visual to carry with you as you do this work okay so let's talk about kind of some of the specific things that I think are valuable for inner child healing um so we talked about the attachment needs of consistency oh no I'm sorry we talked about the attachment needs of um, validation and being seen and heard. So, uh, some of the other main things that children need that we end up not giving ourselves in adulthood and kind of like creating re-traumatization is boundaries and protection. Um, the same way that like your parents were responsible for protecting you as a child, you know, you're responsible for protecting you as an adult. And, um, not setting proper boundaries for yourself and uh, not asserting your needs, not standing up for yourself, like not being authentic. These are all things that recreate a sense of abandonment for the inner child because like their needs, their boundaries are being like ignored or stepped over again. So um, there's a lot of like practical things that are helpful for reparenting and setting boundaries is one of them. Um, I highly recommend like as much education and practice with boundaries and assertiveness as possible because these are ways that you send a message to your inner child that you're looking out for them and that you're not going to let anyone mistreat them. I was just talking to someone tonight about that line, like we teach people how to treat us and that's an ability that you don't have as an, as an adult, or I'm sorry, that's an ability that you don't have as a child, but like you do have it as an adult. And so um, if we're going back to that visualization of like an adult talking to a child, this is you as an adult saying to your inner child, I'm not going to let anyone treat you that way ever again right um 
this is a piece of advice that I gave to someone earlier, but if you have CPTSD and attachment trauma and you're not sure how high to set the standards for your relationships, it's probably higher than you think because if you didn't grow up with consistency and security, we undersell ourselves and we don't know um, what security is and that we are worthy of it. So... Um, boundaries and assertiveness and communicating your needs are all very like practical ways that the inner child starts to feel like protected and advocated for and then the really cool thing is that I think I touched on this in my connection and protection video but the more uh, protected your inner child feels with those boundaries and assertiveness the more you are also able to like relax and feel safe to connect with other people and like bond because you're not going to be in a position of helplessness you know you know that you have the ability to leave a relationship to say no to say where your limits are and so with that ability comes this ability to like relax and connect that maybe you weren't able to have before that's that's really like what I found at least um self-care routines you know that's a really simple uh way to care for yourself and care for your inner child um self-care routines and then co-regulation and self-regulation so um co-regulation is the ability to soothe your nervous system and feel safe and calm by connecting with somebody else and self-regulation is the ability to calm and soothe yourself and these are things that are both needed in adulthood um and you might have a hard time with either one of them. Like a lot of people have a hard time with self-regulation and they really want other people to comfort them when they feel bad. And then some people can only regulate alone and they don't really know how to be like soothed by contact with other people. And these are both, you know, kind of results of CPTSD in my opinion because we're all born with needs for co-regulation and then co-regulation is what teaches us self-regulation. So with reparenting yourself, um self-regulation is key but so is getting to have like reparative experiences of being soothed and connected to other people so you know one of the reasons that I talk so much about like attachment and healthy relationships is because um finding a relationship where uh, you can be close with someone who's like consistent and safe and respectful and reliable is a really really great aid to this kind of like inner child healing um, so you kind of have other outside relationships mirroring the same kind of compassion and acceptance and warmth that you're trying to give yourself and if you have anyone in your life that you can regulate with which can look like even just like watching a movie together, laughing, cuddling, talking, crying in front of them, like um, eye contact, breathing together. There's a lot of different ways that that can look. Um, that can be a really great practice just so you can kind of get that experience that maybe you were missing before of being able to be regulated by connecting with someone else and, and having that be safe. So, gosh, um, boundaries, assertiveness, self-care, co-regulation, self-regulation, Demonizing, validating your pain, uh, accepting your emotions, self-compassion, allowing yourself to grieve, allowing yourself to be angry, telling yourself that all feelings are okay, there are no bad feelings, remind yourself of that over and over and over again, um, embracing your needs. I always really recommend like if you experience shame or panic around your needs because they weren't met as a child and the the automatic response people have is to think like if my needs weren't met it's because those needs were too much or I was too much and then that translates into like how much you ask for in relationships 
um, do some do some learning about attachment needs and then do some journaling or reflecting about what your security needs are in friendships and romantic relationships and you can do writing about like how you are going to meet those security needs for yourself and then also set those expectations for like what helps you feel secure with others and um, being able to set boundaries regarding who you bond with and become intimate with and teaching others how to treat you properly is a really great source of inner child healing and also like co-regulation and secure attachment and just like all that good stuff coming together all right some last points that I will make about inner child healing real quick um find time to play and bring back the joy of like your inner child I also think of the inner child as connected to the part of us that is the most like creative and spontaneous and joyful and expressive and passionate and um finding times to connect with that part of yourself whatever that may look like I remember like I had clients when I was working as a therapist who through the course of their trauma and like abusive relationships had completely stopped doing the hobbies and things that used to bring them joy because they felt like it was stupid they had so much shame it had been discouraged they were too depressed like a whole lot of reasons and so um yeah putting time aside even if it's something really silly like watching old movies listening to old music um drawing even if you suck at art painting dancing um swimming being out in the sun like whatever kind of brings back a feeling of just like joy and relaxation for you make time for that because this trauma recovery stuff can just be really serious and I think it's important to remember that like we're doing this so we can be happy and like be ourselves and feel joy and connect to people so take time to do that let yourself rest let yourself play let yourself like um do those things that just kind of make you feel like vibrant and then uh, another big thing is uh, you can do a lot of more concrete exercises if you want to like get back in touch with your inner child and work through shame show so just like a few suggestions off the top of my head and I highly encourage everyone to like google inner child healing reparenting exercises see what you can find see what resonates but just a few things that come to mind for me are um, writing a rescue letter. This is another thing that I got from Pete Walker's book. And it's writing a time travel rescue mission letter to yourself from a time that you were being abused or neglected or hurt or just like didn't have um, an, a secure adult for you. You write a letter to your little self at that age saying what you would do if you could go back in time to like rescue yourself right and um that can that can look like a lot of different ways very emotional um you can also write a forgiveness letter to yourself a lot of people carry shame for things that they did or ways that they reacted in childhood and unconscious blame that they carry towards themselves so releasing that can be um can be really significant you know and a good way to do that is to write like a letter of forgiveness so a format that I've seen for that before that I think is beneficial is um basically like this is the pattern or behavior that I've been judging myself for um and then reflecting on what needs you were trying to get met with that and um, just writing yourself like a compassionate forgiving letter of like I know you were doing the best you can I know you were doing the best you could with the tools that were available to you um, I forgive you and this is how like we're creating better patterns now that can be really beautiful I think this really helps as well with kind of reconceptualizing like you're not trying to get rid of those insecure or anxious or scared parts of your mind because like in my experience that's just not a totally realistic expectation um those parts of us get a lot smaller and less dominant but you, like we're human and especially if you have trauma like they don't just necessarily completely disappear and I think people set them set themselves up for like judging their own recovery with those expectations so I think like a much more 
realistic expectation um, that people can kind of set for themselves is that, like, scared, childish, insecure part of yourself, you know, it might not um, completely go away and that's okay. The goal is just to actually, like, accept it and create room for it where it's welcomed there and to introduce a new voice, which is, like, this compassionate, adult, comforting, secure voice. And... Um, the more you bring that dialogue into your consciousness and try to develop that part of yourself and like accept and love the kind of like childish and hurt parts of yourself, I think shame diminishes. I think integration increases. And um, yeah, for me, it's just been like a really, really valuable tool for being able to uh, move forward and like be a healthy adult and have my healthy adult self in charge of my life, but still have room to not reject or shame or abandon um, the like hurt and childish parts of me because those parts of me had already been hurt and abandoned and shamed so much and that's not what I needed anymore. So I hope this has made sense. I hope it's given you some ideas, um, maybe just some phrases or like visualizations that you can use moving forward. But um, yeah, I highly encourage you guys to like do research about reparenting and inner child healing and kind of see what sticks and um, think about how you would talk to a child when you're triggered or you're distressed. Um, and yeah, thank you guys all so much for supporting me and I hope uh, everyone's New Year's off to a good start. All right, bye.